Hello, and welcome back to the Cisco Learning Network podcast. It's October, and so in honor of Cybersecurity Month 2019, we're going to be interviewing cybersecurity and IT industry expert James Risler. James is a senior manager of security content engineering at Cisco, and he's constantly discovering and exploring the latest trends and issues in security, IT, and business. In this episode, Cisco Learning Network Community Manager Matt Saunders sits down with James to discuss the current threatscape, which is the spectrum of possible cyber-related threats out there. They also talk about ways you can keep you or your business safe, threat hunting, and how Cisco's new certification portfolio relates to security. The links that Matt and James mentioned will all be available in the description of this episode. Here's Matt. So, James, with October being National Cybersecurity Month, Myself, personally, I basically have two go-to people that I want to talk to whenever I want to talk about anything security, network security related, or cybersecurity related. One of those, of course, being the wonderful Cisco Press author, Omar Santos, and the other being yourself, James. I know you pretty well through our time working together. The audience may not necessarily know you super great already. Would you mind kind of giving a little bit of information about your background and the role you currently play with Cisco? Currently, the role I play with Cisco is I'm the manager for security and collaboration content engineering. Basically, a fancy way of saying the team that I work on, I support, manage is the ones that build the training and labs for all of our courses for security and collaboration. Background about myself, I've been at Cisco coming up here next spring on 10 years. Prior to joining Cisco, I did both instructing in the field as a certified Cisco system instructor, CCSI, and I did consulting using my CCIE and route switch. I have an MBA from the University of Tampa and uh, love soccer. (laughs) That's awesome. I kind of paraphrase the work that you do currently as the guy in charge of developing all of the training content for Cisco security related, certification related training. Correct. Yeah, that's how I kind of pitch you. You know, like, you're the guy. So it's, it's great to have you. Thanks for making time to, to talk with us. Oh, you're welcome. Always a pleasure. So cybersecurity-related topics as the theme of the episode. I want to jump right in, if you don't mind. I have it's kind of a basic question, but I think it's good to start, you know, kind of with some foundation stuff. We often hear the word threatscape being used in terms of cybersecurity. For those that don't necessarily fully understand what that means. Do you mind, you know, just kind of explaining what are we talking about when we say threatscape? Everybody, when they get on the internet, is exposed to threats. Whether you're going on the internet for banking, whether you're just going on the internet for just surfing and information or read the newspaper or whatever, you're exposed to threats. So now, if you look at it from an organization's perspective that has multiple locations spread throughout the country or world, their threatscape is a lot bigger because they have more risks, more vulnerabilities. So it's a larger area for them to be targeted. If you're talking about a small company such as CPAs, their risk is smaller, but yet still as critical to that organization or those individuals. You at home surfing the internet, you're exposed the threats, you've got a threatscape there. You're just a little bit smaller and a little bit different, and there's not as much payoff for the attackers with you. But it's very easy for you to go to the wrong site 
click on a link and suddenly uh, on that website and suddenly you have been downloading malware to your computer or ransomware. So we're all we're all at the you know suffering the same common problem. So kind of to summarize a little bit, we're talking malware, viruses, phishing, hacking, etc. Right, like the full Ooh. scope of looking at the kind of the range of those kinds of threats. Right, ransomware, like the one that took advantage of Eternal Blue, the hole that took down the entire UK medical system infrastructure across Great Britain. That's pretty extensive. And then what about the idea and the concept of threat hunting? What does that actually mean and what should people be focusing on with kind of that idea of threat hunting? It means that you have to assume that you're inside of a secure network, a castle, and that you're under the belief that somebody's already broken in and you got to go find them. And how do you find them? Well, uh, you're looking for indications of compromise, telltale signs that they've done something. Typically, those in threat hunting, the easiest way to figure out if somebody's broken in your network, it's what they're trying to send out of your network. So threat hunting today is getting more and more complex because the attackers are getting more and more sophisticated in their attacks. They have the tools from antivirus to intrusion protection that they actually are working around those tools and do not trigger alerts to those tools. Or if they trigger alerts, they'll really be benign alerts and the user will look at it and go, that's not critical, but it, it probably is. Perfect, thank you so much. And then the idea of staying current with understanding the current threatscape. What do you recommend as a way for those that are listening to be able to stay current and knowing the full scope of the threatscape that folks are facing today? First place I would go is I'd read what Talos, our threat group in Fulton, Maryland, has produced reports, email, blasts, That'd be number one. Not just Cisco's. Look around for other vendors because sometimes things that Talos may focus on might not be important to you, but Verizon's group or Semantics group might be focusing on something that pertains to your organization. So you have to kind of look around and kind of tailor it to your particular environment and your needs. And I noticed the Cisco recently published the most recent version of their kind of annual Threatscape report. Can you kind of talk about that report a little bit as a resource for folks? Yeah, it's a great high level that's really designed to first get to the leaders of organizations and educate them on the scope and breadth of the problem. That's number one. Uh, number two is it shows you the trends out there. So if you look at things from a trend perspective, it shows you where how attackers are shifting and they talk about the shifting of the attackers. And that might help you decide where you're going to focus your financial resources in your organization and your human resources to defending yourself. So those are good. Not only does Cisco put one out, Verizon puts one out. You should try to get depth and breadth and look at other reports as well. I think, yeah, those kinds of reports, Talos, I think of as, you know, really detailed, you know, very specific reporting on current trends and attacks versus kind of the annual report taking a larger big picture view of things. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's spot on. Perfect. And then in looking at, you know, some of the latest threatscape data and maybe some recent attacks that are on your radar screen, without necessarily going into particular vendor challenges, what are some of the key 
lessons that we can be learning from some of the current activity and kind of the current cybersecurity environment? Well, the immunet, I even know how you pronounce it, emote banking malware went away for a while. Everything, the entire infrastructure seemed to shut down. And overnight, it was completely turned back on and the phishing campaign started it with full vengeance. So that kind of leads one to believe that most likely what they did with that particular malware campaign targeting banks is they must have changed the code and found it was going to be successful and they wanted to launch that campaign again. Another one was the attack on a well-known vendor in the United States that is used for basically booking travel. That vendor got their system hacked not because of their system. They had a partner company that basically left them vulnerable. So it exposed people's information. I feel bad for the people that were using that particular vendor because it got the last four digits of their social security number, their address, last four digits of their credit card, no CVV, which is important, no expiration date, but it got their email addresses, it got their names, it got their addresses. So now if I'm an attacker and I have that information, I'm missing some key components, I start crafting emails that are very personal to you hey, this is your bank on or whatever. We have your credit card number on file. We don't want to put the entire things. So we only go to show you the last four digits. And we know you're at this address. We really need you to click on this link to verify this unknown charge. That's going to be very successful because it's got some very specific information in there. So that's an example of some of the things I've seen lately that are on the disturbing side to me. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. A key point that you made in there that it wasn't necessarily the primary company's infrastructure that was the problem. It was the, was it a third party? Yeah, and that goes back to that big company with the dog with the spot over its eye and the red circle with the dot in the middle. They had that same similar problem. It wasn't their network. It was the partner network that got attacked. You just, you, you got to assume that anybody connecting into your network, vendors coming in to visit, bringing devices into your network is a risk. Yeah, that's a great point. We really have to do our due diligence beyond our own network infrastructure and look at our, you know, our partner's connections as well. And so this next one might feel like a little bit of a t-ball question, but I think it's important. I think that you know, folks listening maybe are trying to understand Cisco's role in the cybersecurity world, right? And so can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Kind of, you know, how would you define what role Cisco plays to protect against cybersecurity threats and help keep people more secure online? I would say that we try to create products that adapt to the changing attack styles. We create training that teaches you how to use those products. But the big challenge that we see every day is when well, we have great products that help you secure. The attackers only have to be right once. You have to be right as a defender to be 100% of the time. So I would look at it as we're trying to develop more stuff today to help you with that threat hunting capability. Assume that they're already inside your network. And these tools, we have cyber threat defense now out. and allows you to basically if you have some of our products like our ESA or WSA or SourceFire's Firepower, those products right there can plug into this and send feeds to this. And you can literally have a console where you're getting alerts of what's happening in your network. So we're trying to adapt. We're trying to create trainings that 
help you be more effective and efficient while not tying you up from your key part of your business is doing business. And so in that regard, you know, you spoke about the learning aspect there. I think you make a great point, right? Like we have the products and the offerings and the solutions and we are integrated with Talos to keep threat data current and up to date. But from a certification and learning standpoint, we have CCNA CyberOps. It's a little bit more mature now. It's been around for a couple of years. So I feel like a good number of folks probably have an understanding of the difference between CyberOps certifications and network security certification. But can you kind of just elaborate a little bit on that and just kind of delve into that? Like what is the difference between like the cyber ops certification program track and maybe more like their traditional network certification? The easiest way to think about it is the traditional CCMP security professional is about building the castle and then adding devices to the castle to make it more secure. So adding in your intrusion protection, adding in your identity services engine, adding in the email security appliance, your web security appliance, or what other products. On the cyber ops side, it's about teaching you the fundamentals of how to start a threat hunting process. It's really for tier one analysts, for people that are just starting to understand the feeds. But we cover key terms like five tuple, what the five tuple is and why it's important, and understanding how to weave together context to find those threats out there. You've already built the castle, the engineer built the castle, and then the uh, analyst, the cyber ops person is basically about, okay, I got the castle built, I got to make sure that I know who's inside the castle, what they're doing at all times, and nobody's doing anything to harm the organization. So I'm getting all those feeds. Personally, I think that's so key to understand that, right, and to understand how the two sides of the world kind of work together. We talked about firepower, but we have Talos as well, and how to use those two things together and the different approaches to, like you said, building the castle versus ensuring the ongoing security. And with certifications, obviously, what, June of this last year, the last Cisco Live, San Diego, we were a little busy announcing some program changes. We uh, sure were. <laughs> the uh, security track, the network CCNA security track. Folks are working diligently to earn that certification now before February of 2020. But with the new CCNA program, there will be essentially one CCNA. Security is a new part of that CCNA exam now. Yeah, we added about 12% of the whole CCNA track is focused on security. We added some very key concepts in there to get somebody ready if they want to consider pursuing the security track to be ready to take the next jump to the CCMP Security Core course, which is kind of an eight-day, all-inclusive, soup-to-nuts deal on understanding security from a big picture and drilling down on some very key topics. We give you enough to whet your appetite, but we're hoping that you want to continue your career and focused over here. Another just a great uh, a key point. On one level, I know that the new CCNA with those security topics is built to allow folks to go start working in the field and have some level of understanding of security-related topics early on, right? So they can provide some early value and then to be able to build upon that, right? Build on top of that into the new CCMP security certification track and that core exam. So that's great. Any key areas of focus you know, between the NA 
security topics and the CCNP core exam topics. Are there any particular areas where, okay, you've got your CCNA, you started there, now you're going here, really start to focus in on this first? I would think that it'd be really understanding the role of a firewall and its limitations okay. in, in securing an organization. Okay. Just from a broad perspective, I'd look that up and understand that. Use the CLN, have discussions about that. Okay. Uh, that'd be one thing. Understanding the breadth and depth of threats out there, you'll see that in the core. But, you know, they're always changing. Stick with that. And then ask yourself when you read about a threat, Talos does a pretty good job at the bottom of the threat. They tell you what could defend against the attack. But if you read somebody else's stuff on attacks, you could look at it and go, oh, okay, could I have used an ACL on a router that I learned in CCNA? Right. Okay, was it attack on a router to try to disrupt my organization? What could I have done in CCNA when they taught me about hardening my device right. that I could have secured the device? Oh, that's perfect. Thank you, James. And by the way, a shameless plug to start a discussion topic on quote, the CLN, that's the Cisco Learning Network for everyone who's curious. Cisco Learning Network, study groups, exam topics, galore. So that's our shameless plug there. Love it. Thank you. I'm there all the time. <laughs> and, and you truly are, and thank you for being there. Um, okay, then conversely, the cybersecurity track. What's a kind of a couple key areas that folks should specifically focus in on there? For example, I've seen previously that it's recommended to start to learn Linux. Correct. I would learn Linux because there's going to be a lot of tools in the Linux that allow you to do things with larger data blocks and do research on threats that you will find in Linux. Plus, like if we take an example of a tool that you'll probably want to learn down the road called Metasploit, Metasploit teaches you to think like an attacker. How does an attacker pivot once they get a foothold on a machine? Those are things that I would, you know, take a look at and learn in Linux is kind of the foundation for a lot of that stuff out there. Run Snort. Cisco has Snort. You can get Snort at Cisco or buy a license subscription to it for like 60 bucks for a year or something like that at snort.org. You can download Snort for Linux and install it on top and start understanding the fundamentals of intrusion protection. So that would be another great area to go. And that's also included in Security Onion, which is an all-inclusive security defensive tool that includes Wireshark and a bunch of other tools that you can download and it runs on top of Linux. That's fantastic, James. That's just great areas of focus for people to focus on. Really, really appreciate you making the time to come on with us and talk through some of these items. I know you've got a lot of work ahead of you developing all of the new content for the new certification courses and exams. So truly, genuinely appreciate you making the time to, to spend. Uh, You're more than welcome. I think we talked about a lot of great topics. I think probably always want to leave folks with other um, thoughts, parting words of wisdom, where to go next, what to tackle first. We always highly recommend hacking the exam topics documents, which are available on the Cisco Learning Network. How about from your side, any other recommendations? Kind of what should folks do next if they want to go get going down this path more? Check out the study groups. I'm sure there's things out there that people have put in there. Look around at ideas and thoughts from other people. There's a lot of good books from Cisco Press on security operations centers written by Joey Munez. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Joey's a great author. He's got very interesting stuff out there on Cisco Press that I'd take a look at. 
Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much, James, for joining us again. That's it for our interview with James, but I'm sure we'll be talking again with him soon. If you'd like to hear more from James, please check out our previous episode, Network Security Threatscape Introduction and Overview, where James speaks about more specific situations involving cyber threats and the strategies the attackers employed. The Cisco Learning Network also has additional webinars and training videos hosted by James Risler and many other experts in the cybersecurity industry. Please subscribe to our podcast so you'll know when we have more interviews and news on changing technologies. And if you could take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes, it would help maintain our program. Thanks for listening.